Hi, everybody, and welcome to Tellich Talks. This week, we're focusing on a show that I've been involved with for many, many years, Friday Night Touchdown, here in Northeast Ohio, 11 o'clock on Fox 8, each and every Friday night, where we cover 20 games of high school football all over Northeast Ohio. And it's a labor of love, not just for me, but so many people at our station. So why the show? Well, I kind of want to show you that it is very much so a team effort and an effort that on Friday nights at 11 o'clock, most of you folks, if you happen to see the show, just don't know what goes on behind the scenes. As a scene setter and a show opener, if you will, I'm at John Carroll University here on the east side of Cleveland, and this is the site for the opening game in the playoffs for the Glenville Tarblooders football team. If you're not from the area, they're one of the powerhouses in not just Northeast Ohio, but the state. They're the defending champs in Division IV. Their head coach is Ted Ginn Sr. You perhaps know of his son, Ted Ginn Jr., who was a Ohio State star and an NFL star as well. You can hear the cheerleaders over there to the left of me, the fields to the right, and right now as we speak, it's 14-0 Glenville in their opening round game, second quarter action. So how do we do the show? How's this thing done? How, how do we make the sausage of high school football? Well, I think we should turn our attention first and foremost to the people that help make it a reality each and every Friday night. And that is our producer, Mr. Nick Kovac. We will get to Nick at the end of the episode. He is way, way too busy right now. In fact, busy right up until the end of the show. Ted Ginn Sr. is on the sidelines right now directing his tar blooders. I caught up with Ted before the game started. Ted, it's opening night for the playoffs. What's your feel? Uh, I know I feel pretty good. Um, you know, it's always a different season. This is your third season, you you know, so, you know, I feel good. I think the kids are ready, you know, but you never know. It's the playoff. Anything can happen. Yeah, anything really can, but do you feel like there's more of a, you know, a target on your back, as it were, being defending champs in, in D4? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, we already know that everybody's coming after us because we're the defending champs. You know, I only thing scares me is, you know, you always, we can beat us, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's the only thing that scares me because a lot of these kids played last year and they, a lot of them probably think it's automatic uh-huh. uh, and it's not, you know, so. Yeah. You know, I'm always worried about that. They got to get out there on the field and do do it the way they're supposed to. Um, give me your feel just as a head coach on a Friday night uh, in a place, Northeast Ohio, where we just worship football here. Oh, man, you know, I, I always think that it's our duty, you know, as a program to, to, to be uh, professional and, and mm-hmm. do the things that we need to do. We're the entertainment for our city, you know, and, and for the for Northeast Ohio. So I, I'm always proud to be able to play in the playoffs so that people can see that, that we can achieve big things, you know. So a uh, playoff is always good for me. Mm-hmm. Good luck to you, man. Thanks. You bet. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Teddy. Ginn is in the National High School Football Hall of Fame. 
You can check our Telich Talks archives. We did a full episode with Ted on December 7th of 2022, right after his Tarblooders won the state title in Division Four in Canton. All right, folks, let's give you an update. We now are at the stage where on Friday nights when you cover two games, Nick makes it so you're fairly close from one game to the next. So we were just in University Heights, Ohio, where John Carroll University is, and that's where we were shooting some of the Glendale game in round one of the D4 playoffs. And then not too many miles uh, away, is Cleveland Heights High School, and that's where we are right now, at the corner of Cedar and Lee at Crawford Field, and the first-round playoff game in Division One between the Heights Tigers and the Euclid High School Panthers is now at halftime. You can hear the band behind me. Always give a shout-out on Friday nights to the kids that work so hard to be in the band so they're getting their glory moment right now and the tigers lead the panthers by a 25 to nothing count and over the course of so many years of covering high school football we have covered some kids that would go on to be stars like desmond howard and robert smith and kareem hunt and mitch trubisky maurice claret i could continue going on and on this place in particular is where the Kelsey brothers played ball, Travis Kelsey and his big brother Jason, the two all pros that play for the Philadelphia Eagles and the world champion, Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. These young fellas uh, played a lot of different sports here at Heights High School. So we're taking a bit of a break here. It's halftime in about uh, 15 minutes. They will get to the second half, but the Panthers have a long way to go, trailing by a 25 to nothing count. We'll check back in with you. More talk on Friday Night Touchdown on Tellage Talks. Most nights, the crews are back around 9.30 or so. Everybody is in an editing frenzy. Yeah, start it like right where they hand it off. Yeah, to start on the handoff, because you'll see he dips inside and then he pounces outside to us. Comes right at you, doesn't he? I think so. Yep. Yep. And that's your last play, so pad it out. On this night, we had World Series game number one airing on Fox 8. So we had a bit of time to breathe before the show started. So I sat down and chatted with Danny Coughlin, John Sable, PJ Ziegler, and Kenny Carmen. Yeah. So now I'm just gonna talk to each one of the, the gang about yes. it. Okay. What keeps you coming back for this, Danny? Well, I need the money. <laughs> Dan Coglin, age 85. That's correct. Still patrolling the sidelines. Yes, and I, by the way, I took a tumble tonight. What happened? Well, we're trying to get out of the way of a play coming right at us, and I tripped over. Billy's Billy's feet were quicker than I was. He was getting out of the way first, and oh down I go. Billy Muhammad, one yes. of our phenomenal photogs. Tell the listeners how important these guys and gals are for getting Friday Night Touchdown to be so successful. 
He seems to do all the work. In fact, I'm stealing money, John. <laughs> Billy shoots it. You're not then, supposed to tell Andy Fishman this. He's our then boss. He, then he edits it, picks out the highlights, and then he does those other little things that we do, edits it all, and I'm, I see it happening for the first time on the screen, <laughs> although we do go over the plays. And he says, this one will last uh, one to eight. That means first second to eight seconds. That's was eight second play. And I type in my little script yeah. for watching what he he picks out what goes on the air. He is the ultimate. He's the brains here. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> his eyes, his camera are. Is yes, the and eyes. he is not artificial intelligence. He's real. <laughs> He's the real yes. deal. Could you imagine there being a commissioner Dan Coggin who was all AI? <laughs> but but. Could could they possibly recreate the the insanity in my between my ears? <laughs> Unlikely. <laughs> what keeps you coming back though? What what's oh. really uh, what is it that well, you John, love about you know, this? somebody asked me this because we've tonight. been at this for a million yeah, years. Yes, somebody exactly. Uh, somebody asked me tonight, how long have you been doing this? And I started to think. I started on the high school beat at the Plain Dealer in 1964. 64. This comes out to be something like 57 years now. Holy cow. Yeah. And it's really a thrill for all of us. I mean, we, the pinnacle we thought of our careers would be to, you know, cover the pro sports and go to the big events. And that's all well and good. And we love it. Uh-huh. But this is sports, for the most part, at its purest. Yes. I'm sure uh-huh. there's, you know, a little bit of oh, it, it rules is, you know, there. But suffice to say, it really is. You know, we get back and there's a, several games being played on the. There's a baseball World Series game. There's a Cavs ba- basketball yeah. opener. I wanted to keep watching that Ignatius Metter game. Yeah. This is. Right. I have more fun watching these games now. And after a lifetime of having a lot of experiences, great experiences. Right. But, I, but now, at the end of my life, I enjoy watching a high school football or a high school basketball game more than anything. Yeah. I don't like you saying at the end of my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. I'm talking about your life. <laughs> Get out of here. Okay, John. Thanks. Three, two, one. John Sable, you are now in year two with this crazy group of folks. Uh, what were your impressions of Friday Night Touchdown when you were a kid growing up in the Hudson, and what's it like being part of the, the gang? Well, first off, JT, it's an honor to be a part of this and to uh, work alongside you, uh, who has been a mentor of me growing up uh, in this crazy TV business. Um, and, and also to work with Danny, who um, I interned under as well as you, and then to work alongside PJ, who a lot of people don't know. We were talking about it tonight in the newsroom. PJ and I go way back. Um, when I got my te- television career started in West Virginia um, more than 15 years ago, he worked at the – when I worked in Beckley, West Virginia, PJ worked at the NBC affiliate and I worked at the CBS affiliate. Um, and so well, we met each other actually covering high school football yeah. down there in of West course. Virginia. And so um, you know, we, we met each other. Long story short, you're from Cleveland. I'm from Cleveland. You're intern at Fox State. We're both Kent State grads. It was great. So for, for me to be a part of – of this uh, n- now in year two with you three and as well as with Ken, um, it's it's an honor. It's a special treat. And I remember just as a kid, like you said, growing up watching it and watching you guys do your thing. And um, everybody that had an investment in high school football, which seems like everybody in this community, whether it's a, a friend of a friend that has someone on playing football or a yeah. cheerleader or a band member 
or someone that just wants to support a local community, they all then tune to Fox 8 to watch Friday Night Touchdown. They have been doing that now for decades. And it was like that as a kid growing up and watching you guys uh, create this machine. And, of course, we're powered and powered by uh, all of our great sponsors, but also our great producer, Nick Kovach, who really puts this together and does an amazing job. Yeah, he really does. I wanted to get a little bit more in in, uh, in depth on what he means to the show, uh, and I'm going to interview him for it as well. Uh, just folks, it, it's hard for them to fathom. You're putting 20 games on the air, and and we're out shooting our games, and, and some games are really exciting. Other ones, you're just dying for some kind of a highlight, mm-hmm. and that, that's what it's like. But all the while that we're out there, Nick is back here maestroing everything from afar he's watching the highlights that are coming in from sky fox he's uh, trimming games he's adjusting schedules sometimes you know obviously we can't fly because of uh, bad weather or there is bad weather that keeps everybody from getting games and through it all he's he's you know he's working on the schedule like right after the end of this week's show he'll be working on the what ifs and the if comes for next week and uh he thinks about the show all the time. Can't say enough about what uh, Nick has meant to the show. Yeah, and it's funny. <laughs> Nick, he'll, he'll probably say this and may not want to admit this, but he probably dreams of Friday Night Touchdown <laughs> throughout the week because of how much work he has to put into it and putting the schedule in and making our uh, photographers go into this game and all of us going with the photographers yeah. in the Sky Fox schedule like you just you know talked about. It is it is a massive undertaking, and Nick has done a tremendous job. And I, I'm blown away in two years seeing him do this. And I know you've been working with Nick for so long now to see him do it week in and week out. He's got it down to a science. He, he has does. his system. No one ever questions him on it because nope. the system works. Yeah. And um, people may not understand like the intricacies of how this works. And you just you just gave a great example or a, a, you know laid everything out how it works. He is like the general. That is, you know, back at command center telling everyone where to go yeah. and what to do um, and, and giving us the allotted time that we need at games. Because sometimes these games aren't very good because yeah. there's lack of scoring. How are we going to get our highlights? Because now we got to go to a second game. Then we got to drive back. And now our photographer has to edit. And we got to write. And then we got to put it in the system. And it creates um, a lot of stress. There's a deadline that we meet every single week. And so... Um, it's a it's a total team effort from everybody, but Nick is definitely the one driving the ship for sure. Yeah, he really is. Now, I I I'm in various parts of this podcast have mentioned that you know I was first at uh, a Glenville's first game that they've played uh, in, in defending their title in D4, and they won handily against uh, Bath uh, over at John Carroll University. Second game, Cleveland Heights, another you know shutout. They they beat Euclid super handily. I think it was 38 39 to nothing. And so not necessarily, you know, exciting last moment types of football games, but that's what happens in in week one of what is the playoffs system in Ohio. Now we're with six weeks. Um, And and my feeling is it's six weeks is too much. I agree. That's 16 games these kids are playing as much as NFL players played up until three years ago, which is insane. It is insane. And and, clearly a money grab by the – uh, OHSAA, it certainly appears to me. But So mine was an uneventful night. Uh, how about yours? I would agree with everything you're saying there, too. Not to mention, I think, also when you think about playoffs, I just find it kind of – I think it's unbelievable that you get teams in there that have a 1-9 record in the playoffs because yeah. of the expansion. I, I think it's great that it gives kids experience. 
but you're at the same time you're also causing more injuries to unnecessary yeah. uh, options out there. Uh, I think it should be shorter. Um, my games tonight. I first went to my alma mater, Hudson. Uh, they took on uh, Nick's our producer's uh, alum, Benny? Uh, Benedictine, and uh, Hudson on paper should have won that game handedly. And when I was there for the first quarter and a half before I left my second game, Hudson was losing. They didn't play very well. They had a couple turnovers, just did not. They were out of sync on offense. They ended up winning it in overtime. I think it was 20-19 over Benedictine to move on. They'll host another game this coming uh, next week against, I think, Warren Harding, if I looked at the bracket correctly. And then my second game was over in Nordonia, uh, Nordonia hosting Twinsburg, which, by the way, was a low-scoring game. Got there in the second quarter a couple minutes before, uh, about 30 seconds into before halftime. Nordonia kicked a field goal uh, to take a 3-0 lead, but Twinsburg ended up pulling out the upset. Uh, and now they will, I think, face, face Painesville Riverside next week on the road. Um, but that, that third and fourth quarter of that game was really exciting uh, for, for Twinsburg. So um, good to see those kids uh, pull out the upset uh, for, for the first playoff week. What's kind of cool, too, is that the entire lineup here, including the producer, all Northeast Ohio folks. So, yeah. you know, you're, you, for, first of all, you can't hide the fact that you're from Hudson or I'm from Euclid. Or Nick is Benedictine. Ken Carmen is from down uh, Perry. Maslin, uh, Perry, Maslin Perry. Uh, of course, PJ is a holy name guy. Mm-hmm. Danny Coggin, everybody knows he's a St. Ed's, Ed's guy. Yeah. You know, probably the first class in that school. I mean, we kid it with <laughs> he him. He built that school. He built the school. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I think it just points out the fact that, you know, we were born and raised here. We kind of know the vibe that football provides and has always provided. It was that way when we were kids. It was that way when we were in high school. Some of us played high school football. Others didn't. That doesn't matter. We know what football means in Northeast Ohio and, you know, birthplace of pro football in Canton and the great schools up this way and even in the Steel Valley and uh, going down to, you know, the Mansfield and out west to, you know, the Illyrias and the it's just it's a wide area that we cover and yeah. yet you know football is just such a constant in in all of our lives it is and like i said before moments ago everybody knows somebody that has something tied to high school yeah. football um no matter the generations you know it doesn't you don't have to have a son to play football but you have a daughter that's in the cheerleading squad you can have a son or a daughter that's in the band um you're, you could have a neighbor having someone involved in there, and you're going to support the neighbor and that family, or you just want to go out and s- support your community. That is something about Northeast Ohio and really the entire state of Ohio that has something very special about that. You know, we breathe, we live and die with football. It's the cradle of football and down in Canton. The state and that city invented the sport, and history runs deep here, and it's always going to be that way. And I got to say, you know, living in two other states in my career, in West Virginia and in Florida, it is different here. Um, more, more passion, oh, yeah. not just from the players, but from the community. And th- there's some sense of community like that too, there in West Virginia where I worked and down in Tampa and Florida, um, which is, is huge in high school football in terms of, you know, individual players. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, right. I don't think that in sense of like powerhouses aren't really down there. Florida's more known for individual prospects versus like a, a community team, like a mm. Maslin or St. Ed's, Ignatius, et cetera. Um, but you compare that and you see how it galvanizes communities, brings them together. And uh, it's very some, it's something special. Not many uh, states, cities, regions in the country can offer that. Uh, in Cleveland, Northeast Ohio, and the state of Ohio 
has that. Thanks, Jenny. You got you, team. PJ, take us through your night. So I don't get to leave the station until about 6.30. Yep. I have to do the 6 o'clock sportscast. Uh, I hustle from the studio, uh, grab my uh, rosters, head out the back door, and whoever my photographer is that night is usually waiting for me out the back door, and we head out to that first game. Uh, get to that first game usually right around kickoff mm-hmm. if we're lucky. Uh, stay till we get about four or five five highlights uh, and get whatever else that we need to get for the show. Go to the second game. I usually get back to the station about 9.30-ish is usually the time that we try to hit for. And then I immediately have to not only write my two games uh, that I'm responsible that I just went to, uh, but then I also have to worry about the uh, 10 o'clock show, my responsibilities for the 10 o'clock show. Yeah. So, uh, you know, on a night it could uh, mean a, uh, a Guardians game if it's early in the season or a Cavs, a Cavs highlights um, plus whatever else, you know, happens in between the time of the 6 and 10 o'clock show. Um, and I usually pick a big play, and then I have to get that done, and then I, I come out here to do the sportscast, and then right from the sportscast, I go right into Friday Night Touchdown. So mm-hmm. a lot of times, I don't even get to look at my second uh, or my third or fourth game that I'm calling on the air yeah. uh, at night. Uh, a lot of times, I'm seeing it for the first time when I'm on the air, um, and you know maybe I'll get a chance to kind of look at some names or, or whatever, but uh, sometimes it's just the reality of the matter. If I'm lucky, yeah. uh, I do get to look at all, all, all the games that I have to call, but sometimes I don't always get that... Uh, Opportunity, especially if we get back late from a game or something along those lines, sure. uh, uh, you know, because of taking care of the 10 o'clock responsibilities and then the Friday night touchdown. Where do you think Ohio ranks with some of the other states in terms of high school football? Yeah, it's got to be right up there. I mean, I, I know we hear a lot about California, Florida, Texas, uh, but I mean, when you think about recruiting, um, college coaches they're always i mean you think about ohio state and what's the big thing that ohio state always goes for we got to get the guys from in in state yeah. that's the guys that they always target and there's a reason why because the, the talent is, is so good uh so i think ohio's got to be in the top five for sure and i would probably even put it in the top three uh, yeah. Mo- most years. Yeah. Some years, obviously, you have some down years. You know, maybe have the quite the cream of the crop. But I would say, in most part, it would be top five, if not top three. I would stack the coaches in this state up against any coaches in any state in the union. I really would. And uh, I don't think we have the greatest of bumper crops of like the greatest athletes. Those are probably Florida, maybe oh, California, Texas. Um, but. I think these guys really know how to play the game of football as yep. it was meant to be played. Team-oriented for the most part. Um, not necessarily build around one kid per se, but uh, just great team-oriented football. Well, and I, I think, JT, to take it a step further, I think in, in, in Ohio you see probably something you don't see a lot of times in Florida, California, Texas, where some of these coaches uh, start these kids at a young young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're running, and we speak like uh, Kirtland, you know, they're running the, the, the same plays in youth football yeah, that they're running grade, at the, so, right, yep, yep. that they're running at the high school level. And when the kids get to the high school level, they're comfortable running it. And then all Tiger Laverde does is he just puts a little uh, you know, little hitch on this play or let, let's let's add this, a little wrinkle to the play. And suddenly it's a little bit different, but it's the same thing that they've been running for the last couple of years. And I think that's something that's different and unique in Ohio. I don't think they do that in California. I don't think they do it in Texas. Uh, but these coaches, uh, because they, a lot of these coaches have been in these places for a long time, they've been able to establish something at the youth level that helps them uh, more or less develop these kids for the high school level when they get there. Uh, we've seen a billion phenomenal players come through uh, over the years, myself, of more than 40, 45 years uh, doing this. How about yourself? Some of the top, maybe top two or three or four players 
that you've seen either cover covering here yeah, Friday I mean, Night I've, Touchdown? I've been doing it for for 12 years, and I, I just think about some of the Friday Night Touchdown players of the year that we've had. Kareem Hunt, National yeah. Football League. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, National Football League. Uh, um and there's someone else I know I'm missing that uh, that sure. has, has 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 been in the uh, gone Good. to the National Football League uh, just in the short time that I've been doing it. Uh, in 12 years is not a short amount of time, but compared to what yeah. you and Danny have done and, and and seen. But you think about all the guys that we've had as players of the year that have gone on to the next level, yeah. uh, not only in college but in the National Football League. I think speaks volumes for. Uh, not only the talent that we have here, but also the talent that we get to see each and every Friday night uh, during the high school football season. Yeah, that's been the real treat of it all. All right, thanks, buddy. You got it. All right. Kenny, what was your night like? It was fabulous. I got to go back to uh, McKinley High School where – so that's Tom know. Benson, you know, Tom Hall Benson. of Fame Stadium. Well, you know, I always want to call it Fawcett. Yeah, it's, I'm a traditionalist um, too. It was, it was great. It's like, it's always like that. When I get to go down there, I got to see McKinley at um, Mentor last year, but I got to go back to the stadium. I heard the, heard the band playing the xylophones and the whatnot as they come down the <laughs> ramp. And I remember because of the old stadium, they had the big hill. Yeah. And my uncle would take me. My aunt, my uncle would take me, and then my aunt passed away, and he would take me to the games. We'd sit up on the hill in lawn chairs. And so the best part about it is they would come behind you and go down the hill and then do script Ohio and the whole thing. So that was like kind of a blast from the past because my family, on my dad's side of the family, uh, my grandfather worked for Canton City Schools for years. My uncle worked for Canton City Schools for years. My cousin worked for Canton City Schools. So it's all McKinley people. It's all, you know, Canton people. So it's uh, even though I'm a Perry grad and I love Perry and always will, I, I do have a soft spot for McKinley there, I have to admit. Yeah, so tonight you were at Benson. Yeah. You did two games. Everybody should know that we usually do two games for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the show gets put together. And and, and uh, I'll, I'll be doing a separate interview with Nick Kovac, who basically, if he were not on this planet, we wouldn't be doing the show. Well, yeah, that's true. I um, <laughs> It's it's different, like, when you talk to PJ, because PJ can edit his own stuff if he really needs to and yep. things like that. I'm in, I am in complete hands of all the editors yeah. and all the uh, all the photographers, and they always do a wonderful job. And they ask me, "Well, what do you want?" And I say, "Well, it's really up to you. I'm not going to say anything of what. Well, I'm I'm really not going to dictate anything because I'm in your hands. So, <laughs> I'm, I I consider myself a beggar, and I can't be a chooser in that case, JT. So, yeah, it it was. Uh, I was with Wags today, Dan Wagner, Dan Wagner, and he's one of the best. He really is. And, uh, I've been we we are blessed to have a lot of good photographers here, so I, I enjoy. I really can't pick my favorite because I enjoy working with all of them. Yeah, and so uh, again, it you get back to the station roughly 9:30 or so, and then there's then that's where the fun really begins. Yeah, um, I I always have to write two three uh, every now and then I got to do all four depending on you know how busy Nick is, mm-hmm. but Nick is um, it's always it's it's kind of odd. Nick takes care of Danny. Yeah. And then Nick takes care of me, so he gets to see both ends of the spectrum of uh, what he gets to take care of. And so I, 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 I get to see what life is like later on in my life as Nick will take care of me, even though he's older than me. But, um, yeah, so, it's it, they, again, he makes it easy, and I hopefully go out and don't mess it up and don't get in the way of anybody. Uh, who amongst the uh, fine talent that's come through Northeast Ohio have been some of your favorite players to either cover or just watch and say, wow, oh, this person gosh. played high school football in Northeast Ohio, oh, and I got a chance to man. see him play. Um, you know, one of the better stories I get to share about is um, Drew Aller, where okay. the first time I saw him 
was he was I think he was a freshman and Bernie's like you gotta see this kid he's incredible I Bernie mean you got, and I went out there and I saw and you could tell he had this cannon of an arm but it was kind of left and kind of right and kind of and I think they were just gonna hey we're gonna let him work out the kinks and once he worked out the kinks I mean they were I mean they were in fantastic he had Danny Stoddard and Lamar Sperling and I mean, just so many guys that that you could possibly. And again, I've only done it for five years, mm-hmm. so you know we've had a, we've had a lot of kids come through and and end up being uh, really good football players, not just at the next level, but you know the the Friday Night Stars, the, the making the memories that they're going to remember forever. Kenny, you of course uh, are, are well known here in this area, not just because of what you do on Fox 8 News and what have you, but you've been a, a, a sports talk guy, 92.3 The Fan. You have your show with Anthony Lyman in the mornings, and it's very popular. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people uh, have opinions about your opinions. Um, you had an opinion uh, not too long ago I thought it was very fascinating about, you know, some teams playing nine games basically saying, we got to save ourselves because this doggone high school football season can go to 16 games. That's as many as the NFL played up until yeah. two years ago. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, there's uh, – and, there and you know, guys like Dave Briggs, I asked him, and um, my buddy over at Cleveland.com, who I, I had to I had to go over and ask them about how um, – I was like, do you guys notice nine games more and more? And they said they really didn't. Or, or, Dave said he did with some of the city schools. Mm-hmm. Um, it was noticed kind of in Cleveland and Akron with some of the city schools. But, you know, sometimes the Senate League, just because of scheduling and being able to, to get all the team ready, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you play seven or eight games in a season. That's that's not unusual. But I noticed a couple of the teams playing nine. And, and some of those teams were competitive football teams. Uh, one of the reasons that I was told, and this is incredible, is this might be, I don't know if this is going to be the norm. It might be a weird year because of a lot of conference realignment. But they yeah. redid the regions. They redid the divisions. You know, a lot of D2 schools became D3. D3 became D4. Da, 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 da. And so now we're finding a little bit of a it, the inequities within the conferences. So schools are now starting to switch some conferences here. And because of scheduling and because of the amount of teams that are in a certain league, they might be only able to play nine games. And they might not be able to schedule on certain weekends uh, when, when, people are, when people are open. So I, hopefully that's the way it is. I, I, I get very nervous about the overextension of the playoffs. I, I still firmly believe in the specialness of a 10 game regular season and i think there's a lot of guys my age who tend to live in the glory days and say oh it's one more football game ken wouldn't you give for one more football game i go yeah but 17 year old ken i didn't play a winter sport when i was a kid but you know i I imagine if 17 year old ken was a basketball player uh he'd be ready for basketball or wrestling or something like that and I, i i think that there there are plenty of great memories created with a lot of schools that Hey, you know, it didn't go our way that year. We ended up four and six. We didn't make the playoffs, but you know, some of those guys might end up being the very best. And I don't know what you get out of having them go out there for another week and having to go up against some of the top competition. So I worry about it. I don't like it that terribly much, but you know, if it gets the referees more, because yeah. the referees deserve more, if we can spread it out to the schools. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially some of the city schools that that might need a little bit of extra boost there. I think that that could hopefully do some good. But 
again, we got some good writers out there that are watching these guys like a hawk right now, and 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 that's that's good for high school football and good for high school sports in general. Great comments. Thank you very much. The wonderful and talented Mr. Ken Carmen. And folks should know, we're talking at 12.43 a.m. We're going on the air in six and a half minutes from right now. And I got so makeup all over my pants. Well, see, so there you go. That's, that's that. the beauty that of it. That is terrible. Doggone it. All right. Thanks, all right. Kenny. Thank you. Welcome to Friday Night Touchdown, and thank you for staying up late with us. We are proud to be powered by Comrades. We are the men in black. I'm P.J. Ziegler. And the guy alongside me right there, the big man, Mr. Ken Carr. It's a good thing I have makeup on. I have <laughs> bags under my eyes. And it's winter go home for almost 100 local schools. And all tonight's playoff scores are running along the bottom of your screen. And we're happy to have back Mr. John Sable. And it's good to be back. At this time next week, we'll be down to the Sweet 16 in all seven divisions. And our two living legends have been covering the playoffs for almost seven decades. John Tellage and the commissioner, Dan Conklin. Well, it's so late, even the full moon is half asleep. But I'm not tired yet. No, who am I kidding? I'm exhausted. You look fantastic. All right, gang, let's get this show going. It's all about highlights. And we have them from 20 first-round playoff games, starting with Ken. That's it, gang. 30 minutes go by in a flash. And then the producer, Nick Kovach, has a chance to sit down and take a breath. We are here with Nick, Nick Kovach, who is the brains and the man that makes Friday Night Touchdown go. I mean, everybody, it's a universal opinion here at 5800 Dick Goddard Way. You make it happen, Nick. Uh, it's now 1.37 in the morning, Saturday morning, we went on late because of the World Series, so that is kind of qualify that. But uh, how long's the day for you on a Friday? Well, this is actually <laughs> early. Uh, usually well, I get the in. The show's just over. You're probably here a couple hours after the show's over. So I have to your do work this is stuff, not done. stuff for the morning and then have to already start working on next week. Okay. So usually get in here between 1.30 and 2 p.m. in the afternoon. And if I'm lucky to leave by 2, 2.30 in the morning on Saturday and... And back early Saturday afternoon to start working on next week and doing all the games on Saturday. So we don't have those in the playoffs, right? which is a blessing. Um, but it's how it goes. See, it, as soon as one week ends, the next one starts. And so on a Saturday, you're you're looking ahead at the next week's schedule. Let's say it's a regular season, week number six. You're looking ahead in the next week's schedule. What might be the best matchups to have as a possible game of the week? Uh, and then you're thinking of all the different plans that you have to put together for whether or not there's bad weather or you can't fly the helicopter. Correct. Or in re previous years, if there's COVID cases, if there's fights, if schools aren't allowed to have home games, if, you know, they're canceling games, if there's busing issues, you know, there's a million logistics involved. These are, these are, you know, kids. Mm -hmm. And there's also band members and cheerleaders and coaches and parents and officials and, just lots of moving pieces when it comes to a high school football game and lots of things that can throw a wrench in the works and anything that you can think of or that we've said and many, many things that you'll never think of <laughs> happen every week during the season. So new every I'd like to say every week is a new adventure. And this year we've been very blessed with the weather and so far relative health for everyone as well. So, yep. so far so good. And we got one more week to go. Well, Nick, you, you being a Northeast Ohio guy, a Benedictine graduate, all of us are from various high schools in Northeast Ohio. Is that what kind of makes it unique? It really is. You know, this is, it's a family thing. You know, everybody around here, 
when you were in school, you went to a game with your parents or your friends or your uncle. I think Ken said his uncle took him to his first game or his dad was with him, you know, watching the kids come out of the tunnel. And I know the same for Peach and myself, you know, we, we have, I have an uncle, my mom's old brothers all went to Ignatius. My dad's brothers went to St. Ed's. And so we got, I got pulled in both directions when I was a kid, but we'd always go to the Holy War and never really know which side we were going to sit on. <laughs> so it was a little easier for me when Benedictine wanted me to play basketball. And I said, oh, well, that's where I'm going to go. And we got lucky when I was there and won a state championship when I was a senior. And uh, I'll remember that game, you know, for the rest of my life. And the same thing for my brothers after me, who their classes also had champions. And, you know, it's something that sticks with you for the rest of your life. You've got those memories with your friends of – being in the stands and riding on the bus and celebrating in the cafeteria. And, you know, those are your friends who, who go on. And, you know, we had a couple of guys, luckily enough, from my class who played in the NFL, maybe just a cup of coffee. But, you know, for the rest of our lives, we'll, we'll know, you know, the memories that we have and where things started. Let's talk about some of the great talent that you've seen since you've been the producer of the show and then going back to years when you were in high school and were following it as well. Well, you know as well as anybody, it starts with Robert Smith. He's, yeah, it he's, does. He's the best that I've seen at any time. Um, there's been other guys like Orlando Pace and Corey Stringer and uh, obviously with Charles Bentley uh, on the lines. I'm kind of partial to the guys on the lines because they, sure. don't, they don't get all the love that everybody else does. But just here, since in my time here, we've had – you know, guys like Kareem Hunt and Mitch Trubisky who have gone on to, to play professionally. And there have been lots and lots of other really talented and special players that, that we've seen that, you know, maybe slipped through the cracks. Even a guy like Zoltan Mesko, who was the, <laughs> the, the punter yeah. back in the day and had a very successful career in the league with the Patriots. And Bill Belichick still calls him now to, to give him tips on guys. And, you know, those are the, the, the types of things that we get to see up close and personal. I was actually sharing a story last week about – there was a, a very special player at Nordonia named Dylan Mabin, and he had a brother named Jordan. I remember and, him. Um, uh, actually, when I was working at Channel 5, when I first started, and we did a thing called You Make the Call, where I would have to find a fan, write a script for them, and have them read the highlights. And so Dylan had a big game. I found his brother Jordan, who was you know, eight or ten years younger than him. Jordan read the highlights. And then fast forward eight years later, and we're covering a game, and Jordan is the one that's scoring the touchdowns. He's doing the highlights. And coming over to us and say, remember when I was on the news? So <laughs> those are the types, like I say, the family connections, you know, the coaches who've been there for 30 and 40 years, and, you know, the play, the old players come back, the alumni. We had Augie Basu at Benedict and Chuck Kyle at, at St. Ignatius. You know, there's so many of them. And in the community, they're the pillars of the community. You know, everybody knows them. Mm-hmm. You, you, you see them Friday night on the sidelines. You see them Saturday morning at the barbershop or at the diner or at the grocery store. And that's really what keeps these communities connected and what makes it so special for us. It really is unique. And you make it go, Nick. Thanks very much for your phenomenal work. And uh, we look forward to next week, another edition. This year, or the final edition, we do 12 weeks every year. Uh, because the playoffs come, and then by the time you're in the fourth or fifth, third or fourth, fifth week of the, the playoffs, uh, fewer schools are involved, and it's it kind of it comes to its its natural conclusion. But you make it sing, and we really appreciate the work. We're, we're pushing for week 13. <laughs> we got to get clear of the World Series. They start they start a week earlier now in August. Yes. So we end a week earlier in October. Now in November, we're pushing for week 13. I think we might get there next year, so we don't have to worry about the World Series, but. We're happy to have it on Fox. 
We're happy to have maybe even college football next year on Fridays. We'll see how that how, uh, comes oh, together. Right. But, yes, for we always joke, one of our photographers, Billy Muhammad, and I were seniors in high school when Friday Night Touchdown started, and now we're old and gray. So <laughs> it's been it's been you know something that's been with us for our entire lives, and we're, we're really I'm really blessed to be a part of it and really enjoy working with you, know, you and Danny and Ken and John and PJ. And, you know, it's fun to come to work. This is the best day of the, of the week for me every single week. And really, the the 40 weeks that we're not doing it, we're just thinking, I'm already preparing and thinking about doing it again next August. All right. Thanks for your work, buddy. Appreciate Thank you it. very much. Thanks very much to our boss, Andy Fishman, for giving us the resources to put the show on the air. And there is a reward because with the sponsors and the huge ratings, well, Fox 8 likes the bottom line of this show. It's season 27, and truth be told, Dan Coughlin, Casey Coleman, Vince Cellini, and myself did a 1980s version of this show as well. It aired on Sundays right before NFL football back when we were a CBS affiliate. A shout out to our past on-air colleagues on Friday Night Touchdown and a big shout to The Riz, who was right there in the beginning for Friday Night Touchdown in 1997. And how about those fun short years with Allie LaForce, Christy Capel, and Dan Jovic. And folks, hope you enjoyed our show. We look forward to doing another episode of Teller's Talks next week. And if you can, help us with the show by subscribing, rating, and or reviewing. It helps those algorithms grow the show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on Teller's Talks.